This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What ghosts lie hidden in the archives of espionage? What story might an unassuming item yield when placed under the right light? I'm Alice Loxton, and this is a history of the world in spy objects from Spyscape Studios. Have you ever known the thrill of holding a piece of history in your palms, of gazing down at an object and seeing the past unfurl before your very eyes in vivid color. I'm currently holding in my hands a briefcase which belonged to Napoleon Bonaparte, the Napoleon Bonaparte. It was about the size of an A4 sheet of paper, red leather with gilded edges, a lovely little bit of floral decoration. And we've got this sort of wonderful brass clasp and then in big gold letters, it says, A Sa Majesté, l'Empereur et Roi. His Majesty, the Emperor and King. You are about to step into the inner chambers of one of the most important figures in all of history. Your guide is a young man who lives for moments like this one, where the past comes flooding into the present. Well, hello there. My name is Sheehan Quirk, although I'm better known by my online pseudonym, The Cultural Tutor. I'm not an academic or professional historian. I did law at university, but I'm a very curious person. And anything which excites me, and particularly with history, I suppose, anything which brings history to life. You know, it's easy to sort of read a book and imagine that people just did X, Y and Z, like it's part of some, you know, like a film where everything was preordained. But when you get something in your hands and it makes you feel the past alive and present. That's what I love. The red leather briefcase that sits before Sheehan is one such portal into the past. To gaze at it is to gather close to Napoleon himself, to lean in and hear his secrets. Because this isn't just any old briefcase. It's one that served a very specific purpose. The clue comes in the form of two words, embossed in gold foil beneath Napoleon's title. Gazette étrangère, so foreign gazettes, foreign papers. As far as I'm aware, a man like Napoleon had many briefcases brought to him. This one was brought to him by his sort of chief spy, Count Lavalette, every morning. It included reports from the Cabinet Noir, the Black Chamber, which is a secret department of the French post office, which, well, as you can guess, spied on what people were saying and sending to each other, diplomats, politicians, rich people, anybody. You might be tempted to dismiss this empty portfolio as a quaint souvenir from a fallen empire, just another artifact from a forgotten time. But Sheehan Quirk would encourage you to think differently. To me, this is sort of a historical oddity. It's curious, it's interesting, it's fascinating. 200 years ago, this wasn't just, oh wow, this is cool. This was one of the most sought after things in the world. Like imagine if right now I could give you Joe Biden's briefcase, you know, or Vladimir Putin's briefcase. That's what we're looking at. This was 
something which people all over the world would have literally died to get because it could have turned the tide in the Napoleonic Wars. The documents that this case once contained may be long since lost to the sands of time, but it still reveals so much about the man who once held it. Napoleon held this in his hands. A man like Napoleon is one who is almost so famous, you know, like you have Julius Caesars, your Cleopatras. They're so famous they cease to seem like real people. But he was there in the morning, probably feeling grumpy, you know, maybe having a, the smoke of a pipe and a coffee, trying to wake up. And bloody Lavalette comes in with this and says, all right, all right you, Your Majesty, time to see what people have been saying about you. Because apparently as well, Lavalette used to bring together what foreign newspapers were saying about Napoleon and his family. Obviously, he was a man who cared deeply about his reputation. Hence, in art, he was always very careful to pick the right artists to depict him. That's why we have so many dashing and glorious portraits of Napoleon. But he held this in his hands. He was there, not like me, sort of holding it delicately. He was just chucking it around, opening it, rifling through it. You know, there's ink stains on it and scratches, scratches which may have been left by Napoleon himself. And perhaps the most revealing detail of this artefact is not in the intricate and secret reports that it once contained, but instead in the words emblazoned so boldly on its exterior. À sa majesté l'empereur et roi, to his majesty, the emperor and king. You know, Napoleon emerged during the French Revolution, came to the head of the French Republic, and people all across Europe thought this man is going to save the continent from all these old rotten monarchies, aristocracies. He's the new order of a fairer, better, juster, more equal, more democratic world. Beethoven, for example, in 1803, when he wrote his third symphony, he dedicated it to Bonaparte. Napoleon was the hero of Europe. It's almost hard to overstate how famous and how admired and feared he was, of course, by foreign governments. Anyway, come 1804, Napoleon has himself crowned emperor by the Pope. He becomes Emperor Napoleon I. And this dream that everyone had that he was going to free Europe has suddenly fallen to pieces. And there's this amazing story about how Beethoven ripped off the dedication page in the Third Symphony and tried to destroy the music as well, and was with difficulty prevented from doing so because he was so devastated that the guy, this Napoleon who just came out of nowhere, this enlightened man who's very literary, loved poetry, and all that had come to an end. And what we're seeing here on this briefcase, the emperor and king, they're the words which essentially caused Napoleon's, let's say, not his downfall per se, but certainly in the minds of the people who loved him so much. And even what it contained, right? Because this was essentially the papers gathered by his secret police. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Napoleon had won the hearts and minds of the French people with the promise of something radically different to what had come before. But in the end, he offered them another version of something all too familiar. The Cabinet Noir, the Black Chamber, as I understand it, was a leftover from the days of the monarchy, you know, which is what Napoleon was supposed to destroy. He was just to bring them down. And yet he just adopted exactly what they'd already created for him, which was a way to spy on his own citizens, on his own people. 
And so, when Sheehan looks at Napoleon's briefcase, he also sees a tale as old as time. A story of corruption and shattered idealism. Those who have power, there's a the thing they fear more than losing that power. And it's very easy to have ideals when you're a philosopher or a writer. Suddenly you're thrust into this position of authority. And you know, oh, I could, I could just have a load of people who are very good at knowing how to decrypt secret letters, who are very good at opening a letter and reading it and putting it back together so no one knows it's been read. And I could do this, and it might just give me the edge in the war. It might just let me hold on to power. Then the ideals are tested. And time and time again throughout history, as we've seen, they just immediately come crashing down. Although the thing with Napoleon, the great mystery, was he really this great idealist? Did he really believe in the cause of republicanism and freedom and human liberty and, and you know, what's the French national motto? Liberté, égalité, fraternité. Did he believe in that? Maybe, or maybe not. The story of Napoleon's rise and downfall is, by now, the stuff of legend. A story of blockbuster proportions. History has probably never seen a greater fall from grace, as it were, than with Napoleon from first consul of the French Republic to l'empereur et roi. There's a little poem here. Lord Byron, the great poet Lord Byron, he had a bust of Napoleon in his bedroom on his mantelpiece, like everyone else who was kind of liberally minded, progressive in Europe towards the close of the 18th century, early 19th, all adored him. But then after Napoleon declared himself emperor and waged war on the entirety of Europe, you know, and tried to make himself essentially king of the world, Byron, you know, smashed his, his bust and he wrote a poem. And there's a little stanza I want to want to read from this poem. Um, and this is after Napoleon had been defeated in 1815 at the Battle of Waterloo um, and exiled to St. Helena in the South Atlantic. Byron says, "'Tis done, but yesterday a king, and armed with kings to strive, and now thou art a nameless thing, so abject, yet alive. Is this the man of thousand thrones, who strewed our earth with hostile bones, and can he thus survive? Since he miscalled the morning star, nor man nor fiend hath fallen so far. You know, beautiful words from Byron, of course. Since he miscalled the morning star, nor man nor fiend hath fallen so far. And that sentiment of Byron saying that this great man who was supposed to save us all from the tyrannies and the hypocrisies and the oppressiveness of the old order, all of that, that great fall is almost epitomized by this case which has emperor and king written on it, the man who was supposed to save us, gathering information with all these people, the head of a vast secret spy network. It's actually quite, quite moving when I think about it like that. The rise and fall of an emperor. The hopes and frustrations of a nation. The birth and collapse of a legend. All contained within a single artifact. Yes, it is precisely moments like these that Sheehan Quirk is talking about when he talks about taking an object between two hands and watching the past come to life in the present. Alice Loxton. More secrets await in the next episode of A History of the World in Spy Objects from Spyscape Studios.
Listen early and ad-free with Spyscape Plus on Apple Podcasts and explore the collection on spyscape.com forward slash spy objects.